Hey, Toasties. I'm Missy, here with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, y'all. <laughs> and welcome to our Toasted Shenanigans. I cut my own self off in that conversation. Well, continue it. They can know, too. This is true. They can. Um, anyways, I sent it to everybody, and I told them, and he's just like, for what? And um, I was like, for getting on a roll. He's like, oh. And I was like, Andy Johnsy said, th- uh, congrats, Jack. And he's like, tell her thank you. <laughs> he did an awesome job. I know. It needs to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. But everybody else is like, for what? But he got, for when it came to you, he's like, tell her thank you. He was, bum- <laughs> he was really bummed you didn't come over. I'm I have sorry. to stop. T- I have to stop telling him you're coming over. Yeah, guys, we're virtual again. Yeah, there's Missy's house is filled of, with the sickness. I think down so. with the sickness. It's down with the sickness. Well, that's that's all I got. I can't I can't sing it as wonderful as he does. As David, no, oh, I gosh, can't I either. I do. Too. I love him. My whole childhood, all I wanted to do every time I heard him sing was, I want to hug that man. <laughs> I, I I think he needs a hug. But honestly, like I've been seeing clips of his concerts lately, and like. One of them was like this little girl was there, which I was totally fucking jealous. I wish I could have been like, a kid who got taken to rock concerts. And I guess he like completely stopped the show because he, she got scared. Aww. And he got down and went by her and he's like, like checking on her and making sure she was okay. And um, he's like, I saw you were scared and I don't want you to be scared anymore. Are you okay? It's okay. It's it's just a show. It's not real. And he like just com- was like trying Aww. to comfort her, and he's like, "I don't, I don't want you to be scared at my shows." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you are so kind and sweet. I now really want to hug you." <laughs> Before I wanted to hug him because he just sounded like he needed a hug when you hear his songs. I have so and- much respect for all those musicians that are just—they absolutely pay attention to the crowd. And oh yeah, they're not just living in the moment. Like they're in it for their fans, and they acknowledge. Like even when, like I forget who it was. Was it Corey Taylor? I don't know. It was it was either Corey Taylor or somebody else. But like a girl was like getting beat up in the mosh pit, and he was like, "Hey, no, 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 this is not oh, fucking yeah. cool." Not yeah, that cool. was Cor- that was Corey, and um, I mean even um, Kurt Cobain at one of his concerts, a a girl got groped. And he stopped, mm. completely stopped, got up, ran to the edge of the stage and screamed at the dude and uh, made sure she was okay. And then publicly humiliated dude. As he should. Like, he's like trying to fucking cop a feel in a concert, you pervert. And like, I guess the dude was shamed because then everybody's like pointing and laughing at him. Like the whole stage was pointing and laughing at him. Like, By the way, that reminds me, voice. sorry, not to talk, not to cut you off because I totally just did, but that needs to be another podcast episode. And I think the Toasties will agree. I gave that, I did, it was one of my ninth grade history reports and I got up to stand up in the front of the class because he said we could pick anybody in history that was dead. And we needed to present a case as to why their death was wrongly accused. Yeah, that was I a remember good you one. Tell me about that one. We need we need to address that. Uh, I think we do. Except you need to do it this time. I I do though. Want to make a small shout out? It's a belated congratulations though to the wonderful '90s couple Tony Hawk's son and Kurt Cobain's daughter are married. No, ah, uh huh. Oh, that's so awesome. That is the most 90s royalty marriage. Congratulations. Congratulations, guys. That's a fucking amazing. I, I loved that. <laughs> I loved hearing that news. <laughs> I saw that they were dating and then I found out they got married. Oh, that makes my heart warm. I know. Anyways. But anyways. <laughs> back to the podcast. Sorry, y'all. Um, what's she drinking? Moscato. Okay, that's fine. I'm drinking something comfortable too right now. I'm back to my yeah. hazy little thing IPA. Yeah, you are. I saw that. I saw your can. You know, I was listening back at some of our like re-listening to some of our older episodes, um, and you were talking about one of the one of the beers you were drinking and just the cute cans 
thing and the, <laughs> that's how you decide to pick your I mean we at Toasties you all should know by now that John C picks her beers based off the can mm-hmm. if it's a cute can she's gonna drink it yep she might not like it but she I'm might love try it, it. <laughs> but she's gonna try it just because that can is cute as shit and do you like save them the cans I don't because there's some cl- there's some cans you've been talking about in some of the episodes that you're just like I fucking love this can I really should create a collection, but I don't have any room for it. With all the other stuff I collect, you know, I've got the the pops, the dead things, the books. Oh, my God, the books. Could open up my own library with all the books. Speaking dead things, how's your jar? (laughs) I haven't created my jar. Just so everybody's aware, my cutest little nephew, he colored a picture of a raccoon. Just the head. Just the head. It's like a a face of a raccoon. And he cut it out for me and he gave it to me so I could put it with a collection of my other heads. (laughs) And I am trying to figure out a way where I can laminate it or something so I can put it in a jar with water and put it up there with all the rest of my other collection of heads so I can display it because I am extremely proud of it. And by head, she means animal heads, you guys, not not people heads. They they, I didn't kill them, you know. They they died what humanely. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just something I purchase, something that makes got, me happy. She, she collects dead things, guys. Yeah, I do. But yes, my son <laughs> made my son colored a picture of a raccoon head and gave it to her and said that she can have it to put in a jar with water, so he to add to the collection of dead heads. And I told him not to say that at school. <laughs> so we're just telling the world. <laughs> he was very proud. He was very proud. And it's so excited to do this for her. Mm-hmm. I was proud of him. I thought it was I didn't even adorable. know he did that for you. So that's even more cute. Okay. Anyways, what are we talking about here? Let's let's get off right. deadhead conversations and other random shenanigans. What shenanigans are we speaking so, of today? Last week, we talked about Shannon Gilbert. And her disappearance pissed me off. Well, this one might not be any better. Um, But I told you guys I would come back because eventually this is going to tie somewhere to the Long Island serial killer, supposedly. Um, So I'm going to just do a brief recap where we left off last time because I know there's some slackers out there that didn't go back and listen to the last episode. Go back and listen, you dick waffles. What she said, (laughs) dick waffles. I'm going to use that. Have you never heard that before? Not maybe. Not really. No. <laughs> oh well, I, I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds familiar, but right now it just resonated. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Anyways, so December tenth, twenty ten, months after Shannon's disappearance, as we remember, an officer was doing some training exercises with his dog along Gilgo Beach in Long Island. He had been conducting these training exercises here and over the course of weeks, but he never expected to find anything. But he thought there was no harm in trying to attempt and, you know, to see what came along. Um, but his dog, Blue, did get a hit on Gilgo Beach on that particular day, and authorities were brought out to conduct additional searches, and two days later, they discovered the remains of four women. The four victims that were found were Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, so I don't destroy it this time, um, Amber Costello, and Maureen Barnes. The four women all shared a similar profile. They were all petite sex workers in their 20s who used the internet to engage with um, their clients. Mm -hmm. And the way that they were found was very similar. Each were placed are were placed close to one another within 22 to about 33 feet and just off the parkway. Each of the four victims were found similarly positioned, bound in similar fashion by either belts or tape with three of the victims found in a burlap type material. All had missing clothing and personal possessions. All had been killed by homicide and um, all had contact shortly before their disappearances with a burner cell phone keep that in mind because that'll come into play later Mm -hmm. ultimately the searches continued and they found the remains of six other individuals 
However, the MO was different than the Gilgo Beach 4. So what we're addressing today is just the Gilgo Beach 4. Mm -hmm. There may be theories, and you may be able to suspect this man is tied to all of them. Whether he is or isn't, that's not for me to put on him. But we are here to talk about the man that is being charged for the Gilgo Beach 4. So he has not been charged yet. Like he's going through his trial at the moment. He's been charged. He has not been convicted. Okay. Yes, he has been charged. He's been charged, Mm -hmm. just not, he's still going through the trial process. Correct. Gotcha. So as I say it last time, authorities couldn't seem to agree if these homicides were all committed by one individual or if they have two serial killers on their hands. The Gilgo Beach Four seemed so distinct, so close together. Burlaft was used in three of them, and the disposals bound in the same similar ways where the other victims found were not. Mm-hmm. Again, they had the same demographic look about them, and the other cases were kind of all over the map. So hmm. these ones were right in the middle of everything, where the other ones were just kind of spread out over the beach. And remember, as I stated last time, this is not a beach per se they Mm -hmm. call it gilgo beach but it's actually more of like a marsh for years it seemed like getting any kind of resolution to this case identifying anybody was possibly just not going to happen and it wasn't going to get anywhere and they weren't because there was some very serious corruption within the Suffolk county police department yes which we kind of briefly talked mm -hmm. about at the in the again in the last episode And it began with the police chief, James Burke. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was hiding evidence that would have moved this case forward sooner. Burke was eventually arrested in 2016 after pleading guilty to a civil rights violation for assault on a local man while on duty. Now, hmm. I'll go into a little bit of detail on that right now. Ultimately, he was arrested because some um, dude who was addicted to, I believe, heroin, if I remember correctly, um, Mm -hmm. had stole his sex toys. And within his sex toys, he discovered a bunch of porn, disturbing porn. But within one of those DVDs that he found was an unlabeled DVD, and it was, um, how should I put it? It was porn that he got off on killing people. So they call it a snuff film. Wait, was it a a film? It didn't state if it was something that he actually participated in, but it was something that was in his possession. I'm just saying, like, were the actual people that were killed? Like a Uh, video of somebody being murdered? um, As far as I know, yes. But like I said in my last episode, that's a whole nother episode. Okay, so this police chief dude had a video of a murder mm-hmm. and got off on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, he took the he arrested the dude and beat the shit out of him for stealing his shit, even though he had illegal shit. And it caught up with him, and that's when he was charged in 2016. Not going into all the other charges, like I said, it's a whole nother podcast episode for us. Okay, so he had a video. Video evidence yes. of a murder. Yes. And some dude stole it. Mm-hmm. And he, instead of turning in a video evidence of a murder, he was whacking off to it. Mm-hmm. And then when it got stolen, he arrested said dude and beat, and the, beat shit the shit out, out, of, out him. of him. Yes. That's They're stealing his shit. Yeah. Royal fucked up. Yes. So that's, that's, that's how he got caught. God. Okay. Carry like on. I said, whole nother episode. Yeah, that is. But That's if, disgusting. If you remember. Go to New York. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to go into New York right now. But if you remember, in addition to Burke, the New York Times reported that longstanding DA went down too because apparently the two were in cahoots and he covered for Burke along with the top anti-corruption prosecutor. So at this point, Toasties, you're all caught up. And this is where our current story begins. Okay. Okay. So January 2002, after removing the corruption in the Suffolk County Police Department, the DA's office put together a task force comprising of investigators, analysts, and prosecutors to work jointly with law enforcement partners from the Suffolk County Police Department. 
They also worked with the FBI. So again, this was who Burke was keeping out of the situation. He did not want the FBI's help. Of course not. But now we have the FBI's help. And remember, it's only 2022. Of course, we don't have any new evidence, but they used everything that they did have. And lo and behold, things start to turn. So the corruption that came out of this police department halted this investigation, of course. Um, This suspect could have ultimately been charged back in probably about 2010 or 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. But it took exposing James Burke to get here today. That's Jeez. how much he had hidden under the rug. Wait, was this video of the murder of one of these girls? It was not of one of these girls. Okay. I have not delved into that case fully, so I, I feel a little uncomfortable speaking about it. I just know Right, you don't want to speak as something you don't know. Yeah, but I do know he was hiding quite a bit of this information i'm not quite sure as to why yet because a lot of this evidence is still hidden because again this has not reached trial yet right right so hitting hiding what the information of these girls the girl all all of them that were discovered on gilgo beach not just the gilgo beach four but he knew about all of them yeah he was the police chief he knew about all of them. He knew those people were there that whole time and didn't tell nobody. Well, maybe that he didn't know that they were there the whole time. But once they were discovered, he didn't really do his duties to investigate it. And he kept the FBI out of the investigation. But why? Why? I am so confused. I'm going to try to follow along. I'm just like, There's what? a lot of people involved in this case. And... I don't know why he felt like he needed to hide it, except for the fact, if you don't remember, last time I did disclose that he was found guilty of having sex with sex workers while on duty in his cop car. That's right. So um, there's a whole nother backstory there. But again, a lot of that evidence is not out yet. Okay. I'm I'm going to try to follow along. There is a lot of moving pieces in this. Okay, carry yes, on, please. there is. Especially since this is technically an ongoing trial, you said. Correct. And remember, we're not talking about James Burke. Yes, he fucked up royally. And had it not been for him, we would have known who done this. But it almost seems like he was protecting somebody. But anyways, so they cleaned house and they started reviewing the cases. And there was a significant lead in Amber Costello's disappearance. The last Hmm. victim that disappeared out of the four. Okay. Okay. So before she was abducted and killed, it's assumed that Amber had someone that she knew had an interaction with her killer. So it wasn't just her. It was her and somebody else. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, she had this MO that she was known to use where she would try and trick clients out of money. She uh, had a heroin addiction. So any way to get easy money is what she kind of, you know, did. But basically... She would collect her fee. A man working with her would barge in, acting like a mad, crazy boyfriend, and usually scare off her client. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they wouldn't follow up because, you know, it's illegal and she's already got her money, so she doesn't have to worry about it. Mm. But just this one time, though. So, according to a witness, on September 1st, 2010... A client showed up at Amber's residence located in West Babylon, New York. After the client entered the home, a ruse was executed on the client where a person pretended to be the outraged boyfriend of Amber, and the client left the residence while Amber retained the money on the client had brought to pay for her services. Mm -hmm. On September 2nd, after the ruse, a burner cell phone sent a text message to Amber's phone stating, that was not nice. So do I get a credit for next time? Mm. According to the witness, later the next day on September 2nd, 2010, Amber was again contacted by the same client that was in the house the night before. Mm -hmm. According to the witness, Amber had told them that the client wanted to see her again, but he didn't want to come back to the house because of her boyfriend. So Amber left her cell phone behind, walked out the front door of the residence, 
and she was never seen again. Why would she leave her cell phone? I don't know. I guess she had that much faith in this client. I don't know if it's somebody she was seeing regularly or what the situation was, but this is what the witness stated. And no, I don't have a name because like I said, this is still in trial. Right, right, This right, is right. all just from so affidavits. Would this, um, this witness would be, I'm assuming the person pretending to be the boyfriend? That's what I'm going to assume. I'm, because that's the only person who. She did have a roommate. So I don't know if it oh. could have been the roommate. It could have been the roommate and the guy that pretended to be like a boyfriend. It didn't mm-hmm. stay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Carry on. But the witness said that the client was described as a large white male, approximately 6'4 to 6'6 in height. Damn, that's a tall ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he was probably about in his mid 40s with dark, bushy hair and big oval style 1970s glasses. And they described him to police as kind of appearing like an ogre. <laughs> Shrek showed up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but they did happen to notice, and this is the important part, the witness noticed a first generation Chevy Avalanche parked in the driveway of the residence. Mm-hmm. So, of course, authorities start by just checking who owns this vehicle. Right. Now... July 12th, 2009, who was also one of the Gilgo Beach Four, because that's all we're talking about, was mm-hmm. Melissa Bartholomew. I don't know why I have so much problem pronouncing her last name, but she went missing. She was the second victim to have disappeared. Her cell phone was used um, by her murderer to check her voicemail and to make taunting calls to her family. Ew. Mm-hmm. And at least one of the calls, the male caller admitted killing and sexually assaulting melissa ew now authorities have records of all the burner phones that were used to contact the victims however it is kind of useless because the whole point of a burner is that it's not linked to any one person Mm -hmm. so we have all these burner phones and we never know who the fuck they belong to but keep in mind we can track them still yes however the calls from melissa's cell were made in midtown manhattan the burner phone used to contact Melissa before she went missing was shown to have traveled from Massapequa Park to Midtown Manhattan. Hmm. Then later that evening, Melissa's phone traveled from Midtown back to Massapequa Park. Okay. Okay. Just keep it in mind. I'm taking taking down a yeah. rabbit hole. Okay. Megan Waterman, the third victim to disappear on June 6, 2010. Um, she was last seen alive leaving a Holiday Inn. Her phone traveled to Massapequa Park. Now, at this point, authorities had narrowed down their search using DMV records, and their search brought up quite a few results, but Rex Humerman was one of the many that owned a Chevy Avalanche in 2010. Okay. He was also a tall, white, and heavyset man. He was a family man. Married with two kids and operated his own successful business as an architect in Midtown Manhattan. Hmm. And he lived just across the bay from where the bodies were found. And it was just about a 20-minute drive in Massapequa Park. Okay. That all checks off way too many boxes for this man. Yes. Um. So fun fact, Sean was born, my fiance was born in uh, Long Island and... I don't know why I have to bring this up, but I just have to. Um, he actually said, you know, like hearing him talk about how close these two distances were, it was not mm-hmm. that far. And on a day, because at the time, he, you know, he was young. He was working for some cleaning business, working with a bunch of hot Hispanics, as he calls it, um, <laughs> cleaning houses and whatnot and being yeah. lost around. He loved it. Um, I'm sure he did. <laughs> But he cleaned a lot of the houses on Gilgo Beach, and they were ginormous mansions. Oh, geez. So this is a very how-do-you-do neighborhood. You wouldn't expect all of this out of this neighborhood. Uh, they're like, there goes the property value. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, I thought I had to mention that because uh, to me, that put just another, like, I don't know, it resonated with me with the story, like trying to imagine things. Well, it's a good place to hide things. Nobody's going to think this fancy area is going to have dead bodies. No. but and They're going to 
not look there. On another note, somebody that um, I currently work with who also was born in Long Island um, went to school with James Burke and said he was a, a complete fucking asshole. Complete fucking asshole. That's weird. But anyways, let's get back to our story. So we automatically assume we want to connect the dots. This is the man, right? Well, mm -hmm. that's not how you charge somebody. That's not how life works. No, just because he checks off the boxes, yeah. you still need to have the evidence to back up your boxes. Correct. So they needed more evidence, um, not only to link him to the crimes, but of course to charge him with it. Uh-huh. So they went about tracking Rex's own cell, the one that's registered to him under his business name during these time of the Gilgo Beach killings. Okay. Because remember, if even if you'd still ditch that old number or cell phone, whatever. They can still go back and track it. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't. If you destroy yeah. a burner, then yeah, that's how that works. But not your cell phone. Hence burner. Mm -hmm. Now, they couldn't get exact locations because you're talking about this is like more than 10 years have passed. So those records really didn't exist. Yeah. So the next best thing that they had to use was the billing records. Okay. And these showed a general location um, of where his cell was. They obtained all of these and compared them to the locations found from the burner phones. And it showed numerous instances where Rex was located in the same general locations as the burner cell phones used to contact Amber, Melissa, and Megan. Investigators okay. could find no instance where Rex was in a separate location from these other cell phones when such a communication event occurred. Ooh, another box checked. Yep. So this is three out of the four now, though. Correct. But let me take you on this journey. So, for example, okay. on July 12th, 2009, the last day Melissa was seen alive, mm -hmm. both the burner phone and Rex's phone were in the area of Massapequa and traveled together towards New York City. Together? Mm-hmm. Got it. Also, both Melissa's phone and Rex's phone traveled eastbound toward Massapequa. So on two consecutive bases. Yeah. On July 14th, 2009, at approximately 7.15 p.m., cell site records indicate the burner phone used to contact Melissa prior to her disappearance had activity in Manhattan. Mm. On the same date, between approximately 6.58 and 7.22 p.m., billing records from Rex's cell phone had also showed locations in New York City. Mm-hmm. So his phone's matching everything. Oh, no. On July 17, 2009, at approximately 12.40 p.m., a male caller used Melissa's phone to contact her family. Her phone was located in New York City at the time, attached to a cell tower at 4 p.m., Plaza, which is at approximately half a mile from Rex's then office space. Mm, sketch. So obviously, still, we can't just arrest the man. We need more. So authorities went to obtain Rex's American Express records. Uh, this showed a charge to Google Play for tender. For tender? Mm-hmm. So. So wait. How are they able to get these records without because they oh, like they still are able to subpoena a warrant based on the evidence they already have? They don't have enough without as an contacting him. Yes, they don't have enough oh. evidence to charge him with these crimes, okay. but they do have enough evidence to subpoena a warrant because of oh, what they can already right, prove. Right, right. Gotcha. Because he checked out all of those other boxes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Okay. I was like, wait a second. So did he know they were doing this? Okay. No, not yet. So Jeez, now they go to tender and with subpoena in hand, they ask um, for the billing information. What they discovered was a profile for someone named Andrew Roberts. And here's a fun fact. Andrew is Rex's middle name. Oh. Mm -hmm. And that account was linked to a known burner phone number ending in 1697 and the email springfieldman9 at AOL.com. Hey, well, <laughs> which, of course, they found out because, again, everything's linked to something, y'all. 
whether you just accept terms or anything, they can track it. They can find it. Um, oh, yeah. They found out from AOL that email was established January 15th, 2011. And oh, that's pretty recent. The email was registered to the name John Springfield and another burner phone ending in 2671. Are you still following me? Or have kind I lost of, you? Yeah, kind of. I, I, I'm get, I'm get, I'll, I'll catch up. It's going to tie all together. I promise. I believe it. Now, in addition to the burner phone ending in 2671, um, that's the one that we just found out that I've been accessing that email. Mm-hmm. They also have Verizon records that show Rex used his own cell phone to access the email in December of 2022. So he used his phone to access the burner email, basically? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, and a decade later. A decade oh, later. no. Okay. Oh, all right. Sorry. I need, I need to sip real quick before I head into this next part. <laughs> Drink break, everybody. Come on. Yeah. Get your, get your babies. Get, get your favorite beverage, whatever it is. <clears throat> Take a sippy sip. Yep. I'm sure I've said um a million times by now. <laughs> um. So, as I do it again, a search, <laughs> <laughs> a search warrant conducted on the the fake email account further revealed selfies that appeared to have been taken by Rex himself. And they found out that he was soliciting these selfies to arrange for sex. So pictures of him mm-hmm. are in this e- fake email that's tied to burner, the burner that he logged in onto email. his own cell phone. Okay, I think I think they finally have got their stuff to get him, huh? Not quite yet. Oh gosh, they keep digging for more. They have okay. to. Okay. Because you they never know sh- any kind of loophole they the authority or lawyers can get through, they're gonna fucking use. Yeah, that's true. So authorities then wanted to see if these two burner numbers were linked to anything else on the internet. Mm-hmm. So that's the next step. So they served a subpoena to Google, which surfaced two more fake emails. Okay. One of them's like hunter something at gmail.com. And we already know about the Springfield one, but it was set as the recovery email for this new one. Mm. And then, so when the user accepted the terms and conditions for creating this new email, and this is what I'm telling y'all, it logged the IP address for where it accepted. And it was Rex's house. Oh, read them details, guys. You got to mm-hmm. read them details. Yep. And this then is the- why it takes me forever to get my paperwork done in doctor's offices and everywhere else. I read all the details. Make sure you go through and you read it because they will have access to everything after you click accept. Yeah. So there was another email that they found. And this one was also linked to 2671 Burner. This email was used to conduct thousands of searches related to sex work, sadistic torture-related pornography, and child pornography. Ew. Mm -hmm. Pass. Goodbye. Nope. I said nope. Okay, carry on. Nope. Gross. So, not only did he make those searches, but then there were other searches that are definitely not saying that these other ones weren't red flags, but these were red flags to the circumstances. But those other... He has kids! Mm Mm-hmm. These other searches were about the Long Island serial killer. Wait, he was searching on it? Mm-hmm. Because he's oh, a that's fucking idiot. Typical serial killer wanting mm-hmm. to know how the media feels about them. So that is I have his searches. I didn't list all of them, but I missed the ones that I thought were Irre- interesting. Were relevant. Yeah. Yes. So one was why would law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? I don't know. Why wouldn't they? Long Island serial killer update 2022. 
seems like it got really suspicious around this time. Something must have happened with Burke where he kind of felt a little suspicious. Just throwing my own opinion out there, y'all. Not saying that he had any ties in it. Just saying it's a possibility, but. Uh Uh-huh. He also searched eight terrifying active serial killers we can't find. He also searched Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, or whatever, how you say her name. I'm so sorry. Um, Maureen Barnes. And then he even Googled some of the victims' families' names. Ew. Mm-hmm. How would he know them? As well, I guess he at was this calling point, them. This is true. That's creepy. So the email account was also used to search for a number of podcasts and documentaries regarding this investigation, too, as well. Ew. That's creepy. <laughs> too bad we didn't do this sooner. <laughs> I guess. Um, But he also searched for images depicting the murder victims and members of their immediate families, which is very disturbing. That almost seems like a trophy to me. Yes, that's very trophy-esque, which is like I said, that that there is very like, we've talked about a few of our serial killers and I know many people have talked, you know, read other ones either they have trophies or there was a few that they loved being in the media and being talked about mm-hmm. um was it zodiac who would send the taunting letters mm-hmm. um i mean so it all almost puts, even dahlia it almost puts into my head though because remember torsos were found not on the beach their extremities were found on the beach but uh-huh. their torsos were found elsewhere so it almost makes yeah. me feel like Maybe he started as something and changed into something else as he killed because he was Maybe. getting in over his head. So you think he did more than the? I the think it could guy. be a possibility. It could be, but, but because the abos are so different, and that is—I mean, uh, Criminal Minds, I think it was one of them. We're talking about like mos and how they're different, but they happen to have a, a serial killer that they were looking at, and each person was killed differently and that's what threw them for a loop they couldn't figure it out because the mo's were all different so they so, yeah. thought they were looking at multiple people what if this is what he's doing to throw he off watched, the trail he watched that episode <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh. dude likes dude likes to do his research well yes because he also researched that um he was viewing articles concerning who was investigating him as far as the Suffolk Police Department and the FBI and whatnot, what task force was put together. Mm. So, yes. That's that's also like uh, the West Memphis Three when there was a certain somebody who was very closely watching that case happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. But get this, okay? So... Those two phones, the burners ending in 2671 and mm-hmm. 1697, mm-hmm. were still being used to contact sex workers in 2023. Oh, shit. That's just last year, guys. Mm-hmm. So this oh, is dear. all while authorities are still surveilling him, too. Mm-hmm. And he's still uni- using these old burner phones. Like, he's not using a burner phone as how they are supposed to be used. <laughs> Dude, you make tons of money. You are an architect. You could at least buy a new burner phone. But thank God you did not because then, you know, things wouldn't be where they are today. We wouldn't be having the conversation. So authorities actually have surveillance footage of Rex going into a cell phone store on May 19th, 2023 to add more minutes to one of these phones. <laughs> He's not, he, you know, he kind of is reminding me of like Jerry, the shoe killer. I could see that. I could see that. Like he's giving me, he's giving me shoe fetish vibes. He's ridiculous. Oh gosh. Okay. So again. So again, are we ever going to get to the fourth one? No. Um, Oh, okay. We still need more evidence to move forward. Oh, Yes. So what we don't know that has now been released that hairs have been found on the Gilgo Beach victims. Oh. 
hairs that didn't belong to the victims themselves. Okay. So Maureen was restrained with three leather leather belts. Um, Damn, was a fighter. Evidently, in one of them, there was a hair recovered in the belt buckle, and it was a female hair, but it was not hers. Mm. Megan had also been bound, but not with belts. It was with some kind of tape, and on it was two female hairs, but it was not hers. The tape that had bound Amber also had female hair attached to it that was not hers. So, of course, all of those hairs that were found on the three victims were sent to the lab. And they all belong to the same woman. Mm? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's his wife in on it. So, of course, we need to find out who is this woman that we don't know about. Um, so, authorities, sneaky, sneaky. They had an undercover detective collect bottles thrown away outside of Rex's home. Seven months later, the lab concluded that the DNA from the bottles taken from Rex's home indicated that a woman living inside that home was the same woman that the hairs belonged to. <gasps> His wife's in on it. The authorities did believe that the hairs belonged to Rex's wife. Now, so we need to find out if she's a suspect. So they began looking at travel records for the family, and investigators did find that at the time of Megan and Amber's murder, Rex's wife was out of town and could not have participated. Oh, thank the good Lord. And she likely didn't know about the double life that her husband was living. And this was just simply that she shared a residence with him and that those hairs were transferred, kind of like the West Memphis Three, where we found that other stuff Mm -hmm. was transferred same kind of situation okay so at the bottom of the burlap that megan was wrapped in there was a single male hair found and on january 26 2003 they had another under undercover detective follow rex and when he threw out a pizza box in manhattan they collected it and swabbed the crust for dna Mm mm-hmm June 12, 2023, the results were in, and 99.9%, of the North American population could be ruled out as the member of the contributor of the hair. And based on Rex's DNA from the pizza crust, he could not be excluded. That was verbatim the results. Okay. So, that being said, that's the evidence they needed. They placed his DNA on the site. Essentially. Okay. July 13th, 2003 in Manhattan, he was charged with three of the victim's murders. Wow. That was not that long ago. It was only until January 16th, 2023, Rex was charged with Maureen's murder. That was just a few days ago. Um, Now, there isn't enough evidence yet that we know of to tie him to any of the other victims found on Gilgo Beach or with Shannon's murder. Because he didn't do that one. However, just recently, an unnamed woman did submit an affidavit stating that she attended a scandalous party. It was was quite the event. Um, Oh. I'm not going into details, but um, where she did meet Rex Humerman. And James Burt in the same location. Hmm. So if you guys remember me talking about attorney John Ray, who is working for Shannon's family, he has now taken upon himself to work for all of the victims' families. But attorney John Ray, representing the victims' families, has just recently announced that this past Monday, so that we're recording on February 2nd, it was just this past Monday. Oh, shit. Was that the 29th? Something like that. Yeah. January 29th. He has just recently announced that he has plans to unveil new evidence connecting Rex Humerman, the suspected Long Island serial killer, to previous undisclosed victims. 
The release of new evidence is expected to take place during a four-hour event at St. At <laughs> John's University in Queens, New York. Speaking with News Nation, Ray emphasized the significance of the evidence he claims will link human to additional victims who have not been previously identified. So we might finally know who the toddler is, who Peaches is, who the Asian male is. Mm. And of course, as always, as we find out more with this case, we will keep y'all involved. But that is what I have to leave y'all with. No, that is it. I mean, it. that makes sense. I, that was that the latest that was given out on the. That was as Monday. of Monday. Golly. So y'all are all caught up. Wow. He really, like I said, he gave me like the the Jerry Brutos vibes because he was not. Smart. No, not at all. I he mean, thought he was. That was his I problem. Mean, he kind of was being the fact that this started how long ago, but it really he it wasn't, wasn't up to him. It was James Burke. James Burke held up the situation. And then they're caught at a party together. Do you think this is just my theory? This is just my opinion. This is just not I mean, nothing I can say or do or that I have any proof on what I'm saying. It's just my hypothetical feelings and thoughts and opinions. You said Burke had a DVD of a murder. I don't know if it linked to anybody. I don't right. know if he was part of that crime. No, no, um, right, right, right. But he had a, a DVD linked to a murder amongst his. They, they called it a snuff his- film, and snuff films are murder-related pornography. Right. Do you think maybe? Rex was the muscle so he could get off. It it could be a possibility. I don't know if they worked like hand in theory. hand. I just think it's kind of odd because this woman, um, I will make clear, I don't know what year she filed the affidavit. But when I read it, um, she was, she didn't know who Rex was until she saw his face. On, on television. Yeah, on TV. Mm-hmm. And she had already filed this affidavit beforehand. Okay, so she could be lying? I would think she couldn't be lying because she had already filed this affidavit. Oh, okay. So what reason, you know, mm-hmm. does she have to lie? But I don't know I if mean- she's trying to connect the two. But things are definitely suspicious with everything that went on between the police department and all how sloppy he was. And it wasn't caught until now because we cleaned the house. Like, uh, things are starting to add up. Right. So I don't think she's lying. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I do know that there's kink communities. So those two, I mean, obviously he was a crook. I'm not I'm not saying anything, but they might not be linked together per se. It just happens to be that was his kink. Rex lived the kink. You know what I'm saying? Like people might like to watch, like you said, the snuff stuff. And he might have just like actually found a legit video where it's like, hey, this is real deal. He, not fake. It could have given him some kind they could have been working together it does kind of feel like he was protecting him in some kind of sort of way um i know ultimately he still was protecting himself because he was doing a lot of shit that was wrong on duty again that's another case we would have to dive into burke Mm -hmm. i mean it sounds like it it honestly sounds like it has to be almost because there's there's gotta be a reason now is burke is his stuff all done is his trial all finished um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know he was arrested in 2016 and of course convicted. He's no longer on the police force. Well, um, obviously. But I don't know if there were any other charges or if there's still pending charges that they're okay. waiting to release due to this case. Because- you know what? Let's let's just make this um this is a fucking series, guys. It was an un- un- unintentional. We gotta you gotta come back for Burke. Let's let's make some hypotheses here. Because that's all they are. We, we we don't know. We're not there. We're not. We don't know the the all the stuff that they all know. But you know what? Let's let's uh, Burke. I can I can delve more into Burke, or you can too. We can bring it back fucking... for next episode. Yeah, join it. Let's just let's just keep rolling with it. I mean, the, 
that's how the conjuring stuff happened. It was just like a accidental rolling into. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's you're up to date. You know as much as I do. Um, not much else is being said right now because, like I said, it hasn't gone to trial yet. Right. So obviously, guys, we'll we'll update you on anything if we learn new stuff. Kind of like uh, Mr. Idaho. Mm-hmm. That's my that's mine. I'm watching like a hawk on that one. I'm I'm looking if anything updates on that so one. So when there is was, the trial? That's the thing is there's still no trial yet set. He um there his a defending attorney did put in for the moving of the trial location. That's mm. it. So in April, they will be going to court to talk about the trial being held at a different location, which I just find odd, guys. Yeah, there's too many too many fingers involved and in changing stuff. It makes you uncomfortable. Something, something's, something doesn't mm. seem right. It's, yeah, I can't put my finger on what it is, though. Something about that case. I've... I've never been so like hawk eye on something like that. No, you this haven't. Case. This something about this one doesn't make sense to me and I don't like it. It's it's messy but clean and I feel like that something's right under everybody's nose with that one. Well, that was the same thing with this one. It was messy but clean. There was something else going on that we didn't know about yet. And the reason why for years we couldn't figure out who Lisk was was because James Burke was standing in front of it all. Yeah. Well, I look forward to you updating us. Um, like I said, I, th- I think we just accidentally stumbled into a, a, conti- <laughs> a continual story, guys. So if you're back next week, great. Um, those who just happen to stumble on us next week, you guys got to go back because you're not going to know where the fuck we're coming from in this next episode because that's going to be a fucking doozy. You know, I was really trying to – I was stumbling on what I was going to kind of work on. So, yeah, I'm glad we stumbled on this accident of a shit show. Yeah. Welcome to the shenanigans. Welcome to our toast of shenanigans, guys. <laughs> well, thanks uh, for the brain teaser for the evening. And uh, thank you, Toasties. For being here. Make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe, share, tell your neighbors. Leave a fucking review. Yeah, do that, guys. Come on. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want. I'm not going to tell you to leave a five star because if we're not worth five stars, we need to know because we're Virgos. So somebody needs to leave a review and tell us that we need to get our shit together. We need some constructive, not shit criticism, though, please. Don't be rude. Don't be fucking rude. No, because we're rude, too. That's a forewarning. I'm making a face. Y'all don't know this, but I'm making a face. <laughs> but some constructive criticism would be kind. Yes, it would. We and would we love it. y'all. And we even I I do want to hear you guys love us. Um, but until next time, guys. Bye. bye.